What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, I want to talk about perhaps the most dominant game ever pitched. Ever. And this is not a no-hitter. It's not a perfect game. It is a 20-strikeout, one-hit game thrown by Kerry Wood. And this is a game that ties the major league record for strikeouts in a game. But it it's gone down as the most dominant start ever. I mean, if you use some metrics such as game score, um, I'll be quite frank, I wasn't really familiar with game score, but I looked it up and essentially it's just it's just a way of trying to determine a pitcher's performance in any given game. It's a formula that basically you, it gives you points for each out, each inning recorded, you remove points for hits allowed, uh, earned runs, and such. So, you know, a game score with something like 50, for example, would be this pitcher has like a 50% chance of winning the game. Uh, 60 has 60% chance, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, there are a couple different formulas, one by Bill James and one by Tom Tango, but the one by Bill James gave Kerry Wood a game score of 105. That's the highest ever. The one by uh, Tom Tango has him with a game score of 112, which is also the highest ever. I mean, if you look at, just for comparison, Max Scherzer, had a 20 strikeout performance in 2016. Uh, his game score was 87 with the Bill James formula and Tango was 84. Because Scherzer allowed two runs on six hits, including two homers, um, with 20 punch outs over nine innings. Um, but Kerry Wood, I mean, one hit, no walks, 20 punch outs, complete game shutout. It's like as dominant of a game you could ever have. And the one hit he gave up was... I mean, if you look at the video, it it really wasn't a hit. I mean, this is a play that should have been scored in E5 on the third baseman. It was a ground ball that, uh, you know, trickled on the glove of a third baseman. But what happened at the time was, so that play happened in the third inning. And it was so early in the game that no one knew it was going to be a no-hitter. Because even, even though it is possible to go back and change the scoring from a hit to an error, Later in the game, when it became evident that Kerry Wood was just mowing guys down, that that would have made it a no-hitter. It would have been a bad look for them in like the seventh inning or so to go back and change that hit to an error to then give him the no-hitter. So they just kept it as it was. But looking back, it was really a scoring mistake because that was an error on the third baseman, quite frankly. But coming in this game, this was Kerry Wood's rookie year. Uh, he was highly... Highly touted. I mean, he was really young. He was only 20 years old on this day. Uh, just a few, um, you know, a few weeks away from turning 21 years old. But he had been drafted with the number one overall pick in 1995. And through his three years through the minor leagues and up until his big league debut that year, he had drawn a lot of comparisons to Nolan Ryan and Roger Clemens, you know, hard throwing right-hander basically right-handed pitcher from texas that's that's the prototype that he that he fit and he really fit that mold so he was only 20 and this is just what like three weeks into his big league career and up until that point he hadn't really done much he was two and two with a five eight nine era uh you know he was a hero prospect with a world of potential that was all we we had at that point i mean still figuring out a pitch figuring out how to pitch in the big league level 12 days before that in LA he didn't make it out of the second inning uh 
And he was so out of sorts that his control was all over the place. He walked four Dodgers, didn't even make it out of the second. He hit another and then allowed seven earned runs in, in that lopsided loss. And no one could have imagined what was about to happen. So he goes, you know, goes up against the Astros. That day, Kerry Woods said that he had a terrible pregame warm-up. Like his bullpen was so bad that he couldn't even throw one strike down in the bullpen warming up. He was about all over the place, bouncing balls. It was crazy. He said he actually remembers shutting down the warm-up session because once he got loose, he was loose. And then he just he just said to the pitching coach, I'm all I'm doing right now is creating bad habits. So I'm loose. Let's get out of here. So they cut the session short and walked to the dugout. So any of you who may have you know, play baseball or pitch at some time, you actually know that this this happens. Sometimes when you have a, a pregame warm-up as a pitcher, like your bullpen, if it goes poorly, for some reason you just seem to lock things down during the game and you're able to get your command back. When you have a bullpen that goes great and you feel like you're hitting all the corners, then once the game starts, you can't find your command whatsoever. So that's kind of how that began. So right off the bat, I mean, they're facing – the Astros, who have future Hall of Famers on this squad. I mean, you're talking Craig Biggio, Jeff Bagwell, guys like that. But top of the first inning, Craig Biggio, strikeout swinging. Derek Bell, strikeout swinging. Jeff Bagwell, strikeout looking. That's literally how he starts the game. He just takes down a couple Hall of Famers with a couple punch outs. So people are like, okay, interesting. That's, that's going to be something to even eye on. And he just continues to mow guys down. He just absolutely does that. And that's, I mean, coming out hot, that's the first inning. And then, like, shortly after, as I mentioned, that hit happened, or hit with an asterisk, which occurred in the third inning. That was going to be the top of the third inning. No one really thought too much about it. He shook it off and kept pitching. Then he started gaining strength. I mean, as dominant as he was early, he actually became even more dominant in the later innings. He struck out five in a row at one point. And that was highlighted by him striking out the side looking in the fifth. By that point, he had struck out 11. Six of those 11 strikeouts were on called third strikes. It seemed like no one's really seeing the ball well whatsoever. And, you know, things really started to started to pick up. I mean, about the sixth and seventh innings, it seemed like people started creeping down close to the field. And it was getting louder and louder every time he would get two strikes on a hitter. And, you know, the fans really started getting into, into it. They started holding up K signs. Someone even freshly painted an E5 sign, basically trying to, you know, force the official score to change that hit to an error. And then the Cubs had their closer, Rod Beck, warming up in the bullpen. Well, while that was happening, Wood tied the National League record with a strikeout of Bill Spears, who was hitting, who was, sorry, who was pinch hitting for the starting pitcher. And that was Wood's 19th punch out. The previous National League record was held by David Cohn, Tom Seaver, and Steve Carlton. And then Houston's final batter, who was, you know, Bell, David Bell, he flailed at three straight outside fastballs to end the game. And that gave Kerry Wood his record setting 20th strikeout in a two to nothing Cubs victory. So it also, the funny thing is that for the Astros, their starter also through a spectacular eight innings, 10 strikeout performance, but no one really cared about that. It just put that one on the back burner because Kerry Wood completely stole the show with 20 punch outs. So, I mean, that was Kerry Wood's coming out party, his rookie year, just 
three weeks into his major league career, sets a major league record for strikeouts in a game. And that was when people were like, okay, now I see why this dude was taken number one overall. I mean, as soon as the game was over, obviously everyone was talking about it. Jeff Bagwell, who was on the Astros, he spent the next day, which was an off day. He was golfing with teammates, and then he said he noticed a group of men watching a replay of the game on TV at the clubhouse bar, and they were laughing really hard. He said these guys were laughing and laughing, saying things like, oh, look at that, look at that. And one dude stopped over, looked at Bagwell, and stops laughing and says, oh, you're Jeff Bagwell, aren't you? And Bags is like, it's okay, I've never seen anything like that, and I'm not even mad. Wood is just that good. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's crazy. But that's that's how Kerry Wood ended up setting a major league record his rookie season with 20 punchouts. And that is the most dominant pitching performance of all time. It really is. And Wood would have a pretty lengthy career, 14 more years. I mean, he, he had to fight through injuries and surgery his whole career, really. He would eventually become a closer. Finishing his career in 2012 with a career 367 ERA and 1,582 strikeouts in 1,380 innings. But he says that start he made, May 6, 1998, really played a large role in shaping him through his major league journey. And it was obviously a springboard to him winning the NL Rookie of the Year that year. I mean, he barely edged out Todd Helton that year because Wood finished his rookie season 13 and 6 with a 3.40 ERA and 233 strikeouts in 166 and two thirds innings and a league leading 12.6 K per nine. So it was a great coming out party for Kerry Wood. That's the day the baseball world was put on notice. He set a record, and that is the most dominant start ever. So that's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who would be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.